0: Tom Lorenzo.
1: And this is the Pops Al Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the team, your t Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with a low in your T-Lo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. How are you, Lorenzo? Wonderful. Let's have things to say.
0: Yes. Um. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, it's been a crazy week. It's been... Uh, been cold, can't not complaining, You know, it's a lot worse in in Texas and other places. Uh, but it's just been very cold. It's surprisingly like snowing all the time here.
1: Yeah, um, it's been a very snowy winter in our yeah, neck of the woods.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, but just you know, nothing. It hasn't changed much because you know we're home most of the time.
1: Nothing right? ever changes. No. We're it's the same day every day. It's Groundhog Day for the entire world. Um, no, I hate to be so so depressing, I I don't actually mean it. We are going to talk a little bit about um, heading into year two of lockdown and what it means for the culture. Kind of what spurred this on was um, this week was New York Fashion Week. And you might not have known it because these things don't make the impact that they once made because they're all done virtually now. And the only people who um, uh, really followed New York Fashion Week this time are the people who are really committed to following New York Fashion Week. In the past, like, I can remember, Lorenzo, back when we used to cover it, when we used to go to New York Fashion Week, we would put out tweets or something and they would get insane engagement because even people who weren't into fashion right. were still... You couldn't miss all of that information coming your way if you were plugged in in any way. And now it's its more and more you have to go look for it. This kind of ties into the the our last... Was it our last conversation or the one before that about how people are just picking things up and dropping them and there is no monoculture anymore. And I think, you know, the pandemic is part of that where um, everything is so very segmented now and it's not sort of pushed in your face the way the culture used to be. So you actually have to go and seek things out now. Right. Um,
0: I, I think the, the great thing about the new wave, uh, the uh, they're doing Fashion Week is because I think it was very much an inside point of view the whole time, you know, like... A, this time, you mean? No, before, like, oh, oh, just, I... just people invited to the shows. Right, right, right. Only right. those people would understand what it meant to be, uh, you know, at the show, uh, you know, models coming down the runway. I do miss that. We we did get a couple of emails inviting us to shows, you know, quote-unquote shows, and um, it was interesting. I was like, oh, I remember the time when I was, like... You know, writing everything down, and we had a schedule, and mm-hmm. we had to fall, We would get up in the morning at the hotel, and well, what are we doing today? And there were like six, eight, ten shows a day. You know, that's gone. <laughs> so the way they do it now, I think if you're not attended, if you're not attending those shows, I think it's better for the public in general um, uh, because it's usually a, a lookbook now. they they're, they're trying to be more creative now. They're doing uh videos. You know they're creating stories and and they're being more inspired by things and explaining the whole process. So I think, in a way, it's it's a different way of of presenting your collection. But it's also I don't know more approachable. It, it almost feels like uh, the um, the show the presentations that we attended. Remember?
1: Yes, but I I I agree with all of that, and I I think like everyone else, the fashion world has done what it can. To, uh, in the best possible way, to continue, you know, in a weird situation. But I return to my point that I feel like um, Fashion Week, because of the current situation, because there was no major, you know, week long event held in one city, you know, the, the way it used to be done, um, it doesn't feel like there was the same level of interest and coverage uh, among the non fashion public.
0: Right. I see.
1: Um, It's the same thing, I don't want to, well, it's the same thing, we talked briefly before we flipped on the mics, and I admitted that I'm a little burnt out. Uh, I don't want to be, again, I don't want to be depressing about this, but it just occurred to me that we are heading into um, an awards season now, and um, this will be the first Golden Globes and the first Oscars that will be virtual but it feels like we've been here already, even though last year's Oscars was a normal red, it was the last normal thing. I mean, it it was only a couple of weeks before everything locked down, but um, we've already had the Emmys and various other awards shows that were done virtually this year. And I don't know. I, I'm totally, I don't know if I can make other people understand this because I, I I'm totally coming at this from the perspective of someone who needs to write about it all the time or, and follow it professionally all the time. Um, I don't have a lot of excitement for the up upco- for the Golden Globes for the for the Oscars for any of it. We're going to cover it. We're going to be covering it for Cosmopolitan in fact. But um yeah, it's just hard. After a year of this, I'm like, it's my job. It's my job to get excited about this. It's my job to write about this. It's my job to present it to other right. people. And it's just getting like, god, this is so as I said to Lorenzo, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll no turn problem. this over in a second. As I said to Lorenzo before we flipped on the mics, it just is so depressing to me that for the second year in a row, we're not going to have a Met Gala. I mean, there's been no official announcement yet, but it's the first Monday in May and we're in the third week in February. So I'm pretty sure there's not going to be one this year. Or they're going to try and do some virtual one in that. Could you imagine how sad that's going to be? <laughs> some sad little red carpet.
0: Yeah, I I agree. The the funny thing is that I'm, uh, you know, when it comes to the blog, to the site, I'm I'm kind of a perfectionist. And I remember when we started posting those Instagram pictures, my God, I couldn't even believe because I, you know, posting blurred pictures, (laughs) pictures that are not professionally done and all that stuff. Right. To me in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to post this. It's such a horrible picture. But, you know, it's a great outfit. She looks great or he looks great. But it's such a shitty
1: picture. It's a shitty picture. But, They're but, standing on some balcony I or am. something like that. I feel like their recycling is just outside the frame.
0: I know, but it's like, and now I'm like, oh, my God. I'm I'm, I'm excited that there is actually one picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where you can see the shoes. I like, am. oh, my God, it's a full-length shot. I
0: actually sent an email to uh, one of the stylists once, because she knows us. And I said, oh, my God, can we have the full shot instead of just <laughs> the top? And she laughed, and, you know, that's when we said that she's well she's not she's wearing pajamas it but. was
1: amanda seyfried in fact. yeah yeah
0: um she's not wearing anything you know interesting at the bottom so that type of stuff that it's it's, it's a new new you know like it, it, it it's just the thing you you you're used to now um and
1: yeah but i'm so tired it, it. is, it is so true. Tired i mean it.
0: it's not the same and it's a new reality that you just have to get used to it and it's it interesting because I thought it was going to be I don't know why in my head I was like all right it's just a year and then it'll be okay but you know it's getting to a second year.
1: It's funny because I didn't go into this year thinking oh you know it's twenty twenty one all the problems are solved we're light at <laughs> the. I knew I knew I knew I knew that we were um, we were in for many many months more. Um, I had hoped up until a couple of weeks ago. I had hoped that things would be a little bit normal by June because um, we might be doing a book tour appearance in June. We semi-agreed to it because um, one of our canceled tour dates reinvited us back. Um, But we don't know. That's still up in the air. My niece, my my niece, she just had, I just found out today she had to cancel her wedding for a second year in a row, second June in a row, she has had to cancel her wedding. So it's being pushed back another year. Um, so yes, I went into this year thinking that the first six months would be exactly what these first six months are going to be, but it's only in the last couple of weeks that I realized, yeah, this is not ending in June. This is not ending in July. This is not ending in August. Again, I'm not trying to be depressing. I do think there's light at the end of the tunnel. Half my family members, because so many of them are in healthcare, have already gotten the vaccine. Um... It's so funny, though. When Lorenzo and I go to fill out the forms, it's like, oh, you are the last of the last of the last. You're single... Or oh, no! I'm sorry. You're not single. You're childless. You work from home. You don't work in healthcare. You don't work with other people. Like there's no reason for no one is going to give us the vaccine until two hundred million <laughs> well, other know, people have it. Might
0: as well just have one place where at the bottom of the form that says, you know, come back next time.
1: Yeah, come back in 2023, and we'll see if we have some left. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Like when when the vaccines first came out, and they started, uh, you know. Asked you to fill out forms and stuff or whatever, it became very obvious right from the get-go. It was like, oh, we are, we are like in the final group. Uh, we don't, we don't have a service position. We're not essential workers. We don't even have to leave the house to do our jobs. And we don't, so, uh, you know, and we're certainly not going to jump the line Uh, There was an opportunity for us to 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 do that when the when the forms first came out, there was like a glitch in almost every city. There was some sort of glitch and you could jump in and fill out a form and hope to get and we just opted not to do it. I was like, even if this was above board and legal, uh, because other people were trying to convince us to do it. Um, we were like, yeah, I can't I can't do this. Uh, school teachers need this. Waiters and waitresses need this more than I do.
0: Yeah, I, I can't do it when I know that <clears throat> even my mother hasn't taken the vaccine yet. So I just can't do it. When I know that my friend with uh, diabetes, you know, hasn't taken the vaccine yet. So I just can't do it. And I'm just talking about the people I know. I mean, I'm, you know, imagine everybody else out there. So I couldn't do it. I'm, you know... You do whatever you want to do, but I didn't feel like I, I should do or
1: could do. I don't um, judge people for jumping the line right. because it's such a mess. Uh, the rollout has been so terrible, but I really didn't feel like I could ha- do it. I just, I was like, yeah, given the nature of my lifestyle, which is home-based, childless, uh, self-employed, I just feel like me of all people should not be doing this. Right.
0: I mean, we, we work from home. We're home all the time, most of the time. I mean, we go off for a uh, quick walk. Or, you know, a, you know, a quick run to the store. But we're home most of the time. So we felt like, you know, we, we're fine for now. Anyway, so...
1: But back to the culture. Yes. Um. So tell me about how Fashion Week handled at this time and how you feel it. Do any of the shows stand out for you? I know Ella Emhoff walked for a Schooler, but I don't really want to get into that.
0: No, I don't want to uh, talk about that. But... Like I said, they I, I think they try to be more creative, uh, having videos explaining the process, the inspiration. Um, and they all have look books, which are great because they're better pictures. So you can actually see the looks as opposed to the runway uh, shots, because we've always talked about this. The fact that being there in person uh Watching the models go down the runway, it's it's not, you know, when you look at a picture, it, it's not the same at all. It's
1: not. Uh, um, modeling a, a runway walk is a performance. It's a style right. of performance. You see, the, you
0: see the fabric move. You see the skirt move. Right. You see everything They're moving move. in time to
1: music sometimes. Right.
0: It's a whole show. I mean, that's why yeah. it's called a show. Um, and if you don't have that, the pictures really don't capture that. No. Um so a lookbook is a little better because, the, you know, you work on the lighting um, and, and, you know, they're posing. It's a little different. That's why I've always liked presentations better. Presentations is when you go and the model, models are standing. At uh, stations, basically. Yeah, yeah, and basically, you
1: walk from each model. You
0: go from model to model and you, and you can get up close and, and, you know, see details of the look, uh, you know, whatever, embroidery or whatever. Um, and they usually have little setups for them, Alice and Olivia, does a phenomenal job, for example. She does all these backgrounds, you know, like stories and everything. Right. Where the motto is, so it's. I like presentation better. Um, I like the chaos of of the shows and you know you flashes and photographers and celebrities and all that. But I do like presentation as well. So it is a little bit like that now. Um, they are doing, and it's crazy because everyone is in their they're in their own schedule, like. Now you see like, oh, you know, let's say Chanel Spring 2021 collection. And then at the same time, it's like Princess Schuler Fall 2021 collection. So they're all mixed now. They're all crazy now right. when it comes to the schedule. Um, and it's just funny to see it. So you're just looking at collections. In fact... I actually linked to an article in one of our lounge posts about that. Like, you know, how fashion is dealing with trends and nobody's paying attention to trends. Things are just being pushed. Right, um, right. And people are saying, okay, like, I like it, I don't like it. But there's like no basic, basically there's no like trends anymore. Uh, it's just, it's a major adjustment for everybody. For
1: everybody. I'm often, I I go back to something I said on this podcast very, very early during the lockdown, probably back in April or May, where I said, um, it was a reaction to all these pieces that were being written about how certain things were never going to be the same again, and things were going to change. And will we ever have, you know, red carpets again? Will we ever have major league baseball again? That sort of thing. And I, I got annoyed by all of those pieces. And I keep going back to this point because I still don't know, was I wrong or, or will I be proven right? Because what I said back then was, despite the press and the culture writers needing to tell you this all the time, I, don't, I didn't necessarily think that we were heading into long-term social and cultural change. Then the Black Lives Matter movement exploded over the summer, and the presidential election came, and there was an insurrection. And of course, the pandemic lasted much, much longer than anybody wanted to believe back from, you know, when it started. And I keep returning to that question. I'm like, was I epically wrong here? Are we we never going to be the same again? And I actually still go back to my point that I made back then, which was people are still trying to get into Disney World now in the middle of a pandemic. So the minute things quote unquote return back to normal, yes, I do actually feel like a lot of, look, we had a full major league baseball season and a full uh, football season in the middle of a pandemic. These things will continue. It's just that you can stage a baseball season and do it socially distanced and you can do the same thing. And with basketball and that any sort of major sports, I guess you could probably get away with doing that. But I, it seems like the, the cultural world, the, whether it's red carpets or movies or whatever, are still really trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how we can do things. Or they've just locked into one sort of like, all right, we're just going to do virtual runway shows or virtual lookbooks until we can get back to doing actual runway shows. To return to my point, I don't for a second believe, and you will probably see think pieces like this in the fashion press that, you know, the runway is dead. We'll never return. We, of course, will return to the runway someday. There's too many reasons to do so. We will have the Met Gala again. We will have the Oscars again. But right now, this week in particular, I really feel like, oh, my God, is it ever coming back? Right. Is it ever coming back?
0: It, it, it's The whole thing is fascinating. Uh, staying, you know, in quarantine or lockdown. Uh, it, the whole thing is fascinating to me. I actually <laughs> uh, added an article, again, in our lounge post um, about um, someone had the experience of going to a museum for the first time since March last
1: year. Oh, I miss museums.
0: And it was so interesting, like she was describing how everything, like she looked at the door and, and the hallways and everything was like fresh and new. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way every time I go out for a walk, uh, you know, my senses are all like very, very, <laughs> you know, I don't right. know, just ready to to explore. So I, I, I look at things in a way that I didn't look before. Uh, and it's funny how you take so many things for granted. I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but it's true when I go out for a walk now, everything is a little different in a way or i'm experiencing things in a different way so i guess that's a good part of it i mean there's uh, i don't know something good about it that that you, you know you 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 have reinvented yourself in a way um and hopefully those things you had to learn in the process yeah uh will be part of your life now uh yeah you know
1: what else is part of my life now yes my bombas socks i know they're amazing Seguin. I am the king of segues. Yes, you are. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. I wear them every day for real. I'm wearing them right now. I know you've all heard me say this before but if you it's listen true, to this podcast. I mean, I don't have anything but Bombas socks anymore. Um, I love them for the support, I love them for the their happy colors, all of them. Um, <laughs> They, there's tremendous arch support. Uh, There's no seam across the toe, which is so annoying in most socks. So they're just like really well thought out socks, which sounds almost silly. Like who needs to think about socks? But they did. Bombas people really thought about it and they pretty much engineered the perfect sock. And this isn't me reading copy. This is coming from the heart. But these socks do more than keep feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So, give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash T-L-O. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. Thank are, you, they are amazing. Bombas um all right i'm sorry did you want to talk about your socks more (laughs) (laughs) um i did the wrap it up thing it's
0: like all right okay um
1: okay so depressing pandemic talk aside uh we're gonna have an argument Mm. we are actually going to have an actual argument because we are on opposite sides of the megan and harry situation and i feel like we should hash this out But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about WandaVision again. Oh, my God. Amazing. Okay, so I got up at 7. I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't seen this week's episode yet. The only thing I'm going to say is that there was a major twist. And I knew that there was going to be a twist coming because, um, first off, everybody keeps talking about how there's going to be some special guest star that's going to blow everyone out Mm -hmm. of the water. Um, But I also knew... Yeah, you know, just as a comic book fan. And I think every single comic book fan saw the twist coming that came in this latest episode. Um But what I, I, I literally, I got up at 7 a.m. to watch it because I didn't want to be spoiled on it because it all shows up on Twitter first thing. So I watched it at like 7 in the morning with my coffee. And then Lorenzo um, spends the first several hours of each day putting the tea lounge together. And he was doing that, and I went to his office, and I said, listen, as soon as you're done that, you need to watch WandaVision right now, because I do not want you to miss... I don't want this twist to get spoiled for you, and I want to see you when it happens. (laughs) Um, The only thing I'll say about that twist is it was one of the most effective reveals I've ever seen, and I wasn't the least bit surprised. I was expecting it all along. The, The thing about good twists is it doesn't have to be a surprise to the audience necessarily a lot of people had figured what happened what a lot of people had figured this twist out but it was so exquisitely executed my jaw dropped i was like i cannot believe they're doing what i'm watching right now Um, don't get me wrong. It's not some huge shocking thing. It's just that it was pulled off so creatively.
0: They are amazing. Um, and like I've mentioned, I've mentioned before that I I don't know much about comic books, but, but I still love the show. I love the show because to me, it's such an intelligent way of presenting. it. It's clever. It's It's clever. It's brilliant. It's creative, extremely creative, and everybody's so great in it. So I loved it Loved it I was like Oh my god I can't believe They're doing that Uh, It was great Uh, And yeah
1: And somebody's Coming out of this A bigger star Than when they went Into it I think I don't Again I don't want to Because I don't Want to give Anything away But someone's Coming out of this A household name Yes yes, Um, I I, I, I agree And that that person Has long deserved To be a household name So uh, You probably Figure out who I'm talking about
0: Anyway But that's a great Show to watch Yes Uh, Oh you're going To talk about yours Just very quickly That stupid ass Uh, show Yeah Come on on Netflix, you have now uh, Behind Her her Eyes. Um, I think it is. Yeah, Behind Her Eyes. Uh, it's based on a book. Uh, it's on Netflix now. And before they even talked about having a show about it, everyone talked about the ending. Oh, my God. I can't believe the, the book ended the way it did. Um, so I didn't know anything about the book. Uh, watched the show. Um, and, uh, and, it, and I guess if you read the book, you, you, you enjoyed the show. Um, I thought the show was okay. I I have to say that I was not expecting the ending at all, uh, that I was shocked. I was like, wow. Uh, and then you start thinking about it. I'm not going to give anything away. You start thinking about it and then you're like, oh, it makes sense. That's why they did what they did. Oh, that's why they showed that thing scene, you know, and that one. I wonder if the book gives all those hints to, um, throughout the book. I, I don't know. I didn't read the book, but anyway, If you love the book, I think you like the show. Um,
1: I thought it sounded awful. It's
0: it's kind of, to me, as I'm watching it, uh, to me, it it felt like a, you know, what is it? The uh, Shades of Grey kind of book, Um, but with a couple. (laughs) So uh, I thought, yeah, it's it's interesting. Okay. Um, And then, boom, the ending. I'm like, whoa, okay. Now I have to rethink the whole thing. But um, anyway... It's on Netflix. People are talking about it. I guess if you read the book, you you like it, uh, or at least you're going to be interested uh, in watching it. But that's it. That's the new thing on Netflix right now everyone is talking about.
1: Behind her eyes. Yes. Not going to watch it. I <laughs> found out what the twist was and I hated it. <laughs> Don't say um, but I do want to go back to WandaVision because there was a point I wanted to make, um, which is. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism of WandaVision among the fandom and among some critics because they don't feel that the weekly... They get very frustrated by the weekly release schedule, otherwise known as a normal television schedule prior to 15 years ago. Um, And I feel like, no, this is even more so than The Mandalorian, which also uh, was released weekly, and people would get frustrated by it because it was... Like WandaVision, it wasn't an hour-long show. It was, you know, most episodes were, like, at most 30 minutes. Um, and I get that. That is very frustrating. I wish the episodes for WandaVision were a little bit longer, you know, because, right, because of that wait. Um, but I also feel like, could you imagine if WandaVision came out on, I don't whenever the date was, like January 15th? And all the episodes were released on January. We wouldn't be talking about it now. No one, there wouldn't be all the articles trying to figure out all the mysteries That's and the true. twists and the Easter eggs and all that stuff. It's that kind of show. They're it, not
0: even sending screeners. We no, they're know. not
1: sending shit screeners. It, it is a show that is devised to uh, get people to talk about it online for a week. And then so that they're hungry for the next episode. So I think when people are complaining about this, they're actually missing the point. And it would have been a lot less enjoyable to just binge through this entire thing. In, I mean, there's only nine episodes; they're only th- thirty minutes long. You could technically binge it in one sitting. And I've been on the record quite a bit uh, on this podcast over the years that I'm really opposed to binge watching. I mean, not opposed to other people to go you, ahead and do what like you want, it. but don't I, you, I don't like it. you don't like it. I don't like it because um, it is an empty. You get to the end of something and you're just empty because you've just blown through it. And there were several series over the years where I was like, I think I would have enjoyed this much, much more if I had spent some time with it. And or I wind up thinking I really have done the people who put this together a huge disservice because I watched the whole thing. Right. And I didn't take like with WandaVision. Look at the all the. All the work that was done on the art direction of this show, the sets and the costumes are so perfect right. in the way that they mimic uh, various decades of sitcom history. And you wouldn't notice that if you were blow- if you were just hitting next at the end of every episode. Um, I admit it. I watch. I've seen every episode of Wandavision at least three times. I right, rewatch right. them all, waiting for the next one to come in. The um, <coughs> the one from this morning I've already watched twice. Um, so I'm opposed to this idea of everything needing to be bingeable, everything needed... People need to calm down and realize there are certain types of stories that are served much, much better if you dole them out. Imagine if Lost was a streaming show, and they just released an entire season at once every season, right, like right. every year. Th- that show, would, there would have been no phenomenon. Go right, ahead. Right,
0: Binge watching to me, um, <coughs> at least for me, is... I, I do it because I tend to watch something several times. So if I like the show very much, I will watch it again and again and again. But if you only watch it at once, I think when you watch the whole thing at once, you kind of miss a lot of things. Uh, art direction, little details here and there, because there's only so much you can pay attention to at once. So I do feel that you miss stuff. Uh, and i you know you get distracted you know you get up to do something or or you know you you, are, you have your laptop with you and you start looking at something else i do think you miss a lot of stuff um again i i, I it's okay for me because i go back and watch the the entire season again and again and again oh oh i actually i'm watching um, the center again i only watched the first season um and I didn't know there were two more seasons, and they are amazing. They're really, really good. What's his name? Um, Bill uh, Pullman or whatever his name yes. is? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. He's so good. He's really, really good. Uh, and I love that every season, each season is about a different case, a different story. Um, and I really like the first one. And uh, the second one is amazing. The third one uh, with Matt bommer is good. It's not great. But the second one is amazing. So... If you want to watch something, you know, interesting and, and sort of like unexpected, I'd say The Sinner is, is is it's it's great on Netflix. Anyway, I forgot about that one.
1: All righty, then. I think we're done with TV talk. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but WandaVision, loving it. Going to be very sad when it's over. And I didn't think it was possible. I was very you know, like a comic fan, very happy with the uh, Avengers, um two, you know, Infinity War, Endgame and all of that when that came out. But I did feel like, okay, I'm a little done with Marvel now and I don't really care what they do next. And now, I mean, WandaVision has really got me... Right, Because right. there are other... The Loki show is coming up with Tom Hiddleston, and which I'm really looking forward to. Not so much the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because that just looks like a total bro-fest. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, WandaVision is supposed to lead into the next Doctor Strange movie. So, you know, I'm just very excited to see where they take some of this stuff. Um, That's all. Now, do you want to move on to Megan?
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. All
1: right. Look, the the
0: funny thing about them is that you are very good about tweeting about them (laughs) because you always like. I don't know how. Tom, I mean I'm on, on on the internet just as much as he is, but he has this ability to know a second before everybody else what's going on. Uh, I don't know how he gets his information, but he he always makes a, a comment and I'm like, what is he talking about? And then I go look, everyone is talking about it. Like he always he's always there. Um and the same thing with Megan and and, and 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 Harry. Um and and you you're good at that. And then well, you know thank you. And it's funny how Whatever you say about these two, my God, the comment section, the report. Oh my God, I, here's the thing.
1: Every single time I tweet about Meghan and Harry, I wind up going through the responses and just blocking dozens of people. <laughs> and they're not followers of ours. They're people who literally go out and seek Meghan and Harry tweets and then yell at you if you don't say the right thing. People are so crazy about them, it's it's weird. And then on the flip side, they're also crazy about the Cambridges, and there's this really bizarre... Sort of white supremacy nationalism thing that comes up in the cambridge fandom Um, I'm not saying everybody who follows the camp, but there are some Uh, It comes up every single time on social media if there's some sort of Megan versus uh, Kate thing that gets brought which I'm certainly I don't I never bring up those things but if something like that happens The Kate responses are just rife with white supremacy and racism. It's like, what the hell, people? But this is, i said this before, I've said this about Megan and about a bunch of, like, we live in a time where literally everything is politicized. Every single thing is turned into a culture war issue. And there are people who practice, I mean, it is their life's work to go in and turn everything into a culture war And um, I said this at least a year ago about Meghan and Harry, that there were bots. There were whole bot armies out there to attack Meghan. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, well, there's a racial aspect to it. And, you know, the people who like to foment the culture wars, they look for these things. I'm not going to get into weird QAnon-style, you know, um, conspiracy theories here. But the bottom line is, anytime there's a, a Meghan and Harry tweet or something like that you can expect tons of bots to show up people with no followers who all they do is tweet about how they hate megan every whatever all right so megan and harry they've had they've been quiet for a couple of months and then they had a very like explosive couple of weeks here they They have settled their um their legal suit against the papers in in england and i mean there's some back and forth as to whether they got everything they wanted but but From my understanding, the legal experts all seem to think that this was a win for them. Um, Then they announced their pregnancy uh, with a lovely staged photo that everyone ripped them to shreds over. And uh, what else? They... Oh, then they announced... This all was in the space of the last, I think, 10 days. They announced that they would be sitting... They didn't announce it. It was announced that they would be sitting down with Oprah for a 90-minute interview sometime, I believe, next month in the beginning of March. Um, and then just today, it came out the um, Buckingham Palace actually came out with a statement saying that uh, they will not be returning. Meghan and Harry have made it clear that they are not returning to royal duties, um, and they had pretty much the last of their patro- patronages um, stripped from them. And I don't know, it's people are so weird about this. Like they're like, "Oh, the poor Queen, she must be very sad." And I'm like, "Why? Why?" Why? She's got a ton of grandchildren. She's got a bunch of children. It's not like the the company, you know, the family company is going to falter without Harry and Meghan there. Um, And how, you know, you always hear this like, oh, Meghan took Harry away and he's he's in another country. Yeah, okay. Well, that happens to a lot of people. Like a lot of people migrate, you know, to other countries, marry people and, you know, and that's not some grand tragedy, uh, at least in my opinion. Now, um, I'm going to turn this over to you because here's the thing. I will defend them nine times out of ten, not because I think they're saints, but because I think people put weird shit on the two of them and expect them to be something more than what they are or something other than what they claimed to be. I... Like every other member of the royal family, I sincerely doubt I would like them personally if I ever met them. I'm not some sort of huge fan of anybody in that family. I think the institution is bizarre. I don't think it's likely to last another 20 years. Um, and I think part th- that is a big reason why... Every, ha- Meghan and Harry are going to have the last laugh here. I swear to God they're going to have the last laugh when, when William has to abdicate or whatever, or when his... You know when Charles dies and Williams moves in, William moves into a completely—he'll be like you know the crown prince of Greece or whatever, like you know those <laughs> those those European aristocrats who have no holding whatsoever. Not that they do now, um, but that the time for the British royal family to be a social force, a cultural force, has long passed. Um, I do think Elizabeth is. Uh, A fascinating figure and not because she is personally a fascinating woman or has Had fascinating accomplishments. It's the length of her tenure in the role Simply makes her one of the most interesting people on the planet You don't you're not queen for 70 years of Great Britain without I mean the people she's met every president All the prime ministers all these world leaders all these events and conversations that she has been a part of No, she's not commanding armies or taking control of the government she doesn't have that kind of power she never had any real power but um, the way her entire life was situated smack in the middle of power where she herself was the least likely person to be in that position like she has made it clear in the past and other people have made it clear about her all she wanted to do was live out in the country and ride horses that's all the queen ever wanted out of her life She never ever ever wanted this so to me that makes her personally very fascinating all the the contradictions and dichotomy the fact that she is not by Again, I don't want to sound like I'm insulting her But she can handle it by most accounts the people who know her and and who are willing to talk about her They say that she, she she's nice enough and everything, but she's not she's not brilliant She doesn't have some incredibly incisive leader's mind. She was born into the role, forced into the role, and did her best for 70 years. And that, to me, is interesting. Um,
0: And, of course, you you, you get experience, you know, with all these years.
1: Right, right, right. Doing the same thing.
0: So, yeah, it gets to a point where you know what you're doing. Or you you know what you're supposed to do. I
1: wonder if our new microphones are picking up that meowing cat. I'm very sorry if you can hear it.
0: Oh, my God. There she goes. Um, So, I... Here's the thing. Um, I hope the interview with Oprah can explain a lot of thing or, uh, things. Um, I don't know. I just feel that I always have this big question mark in my head about them. Like, um, she's not British. She's not, you know, she's from a different country. He's. He knew exactly what the whole royal family was about. And he always wanted it out before Maggie. Megan, I'm sorry before Megan. He always wanted to have a different life He came to the United States several times visiting, you know on vacation and everything. He, he's always been fascinating fascinated with the uh, With the world with different cultures and stuff like that So I, I always got the feeling that he wanted a different life, which is fine. And again, that's why he married someone from another country. He just wanted a different life, something different. Oh, my God. She's driving just... me crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, that's just Miu, Miu Um, So she's making a lot of noise. I don't know if you guys can hear. But my point is, my the big question mark that I have in my head is, why did you go through the whole thing, the whole wedding, the whole big royal wedding? Why didn't you make the decision when you married her to just start, from that point on, after you got married, to, to just have a different, a well, whole different say, life, yeah, why think. Why have that whole big royal wedding uh, and then after all that, then decide that that's not what you want anymore? Maybe again, I'm just asking a question here. Maybe they 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 tried and, and, and yeah, and, I think and that's realized, pretty clear and realize that that's not what they wanted. But but someone like him, you'd think that he he would know better um he would know that you know that's not what i want so let's just start from the beginning you know have a different life not go through the whole marriage and not go through the whole thing um i don't know that's the, that's how i feel about that and i uh maybe they can explain that you know how, at, at what point uh things started going wrong for them and they decided to have a different life
1: i don't think there's any i mean i don't see why it doesn't bother me that they had a royal wedding. Like, well, yeah, I don't understand why that should be held against... It doesn't bother
0: me. It's,
1: why it's, that should be held against them. Um, I feel like you... I don't feel like this. I know you've said this to me in the past. You think they're attention whores.
0: I was going to get to that Um
1: part. And I... Oh, my God, this cat. She's trying to knock over <laughs> the screens that we she, have.
0: She's going wild
1: right now. All right. So she's very distracting. Um... I, uh, let's put something to rest right here. This comes up every single time, like when the Oprah thing came out or when they announced that they, that she was pregnant. Um, oh, I thought they wanted their privacy. Okay. They never claimed, never once did they claim that they wanted to go away and live on some island and never ever be in the public eye again. They were always both very clear that they were going to remain in the public eye, that they were going to continue to do charitable works. And of course, in order for them to do that charitable work, that does require them to be in the public eye um, for the kind of charitable work they're doing. They're, they're, they still have patron, patronages here in America. They still He still has the Invictus Games. Um, so, and they just signed a deal with Netflix this year, so there was never this idea that they wanted to get away from it all and 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 be treated like private people. They were always going to continue being some form of celebrity um so they were going to use her her celebrity and his celebrity to whatever goals they wanted. Again, I am not here to claim that the two of them are saints. And I'm certainly not here to claim that they're not attention seekers. I've said that before, especially about Harry. Um, There's no way, there's no way that man isn't addicted to the attention that comes with his life. Because he was literally born into that attention. How How do you reach 36 years of age with, I mean, from the moment he was conceived, he was a worldwide story. Uh, His parents' marriage was an international story. The breakdown of their marriage was an international scandal. Her death was an international... Like, Harry's entire life has been in front of cameras, in front of the entire world. And I can understand why he would resent the downside of that, but I never once thought he wanted to walk away from it completely, any more than his mother wanted to walk away from it completely when she divorced his father. I've always said this, he's very much his mother's son. Um, So... Like, people were criticizing them for releasing the the staged photograph of their pregnancy announcement. And I'm like, well, first off, normal people take maternity photos now and send them out. So it, I don't see what's so weird about that. Second, he is the son of the future king of England. Like, his life is always going to be in front of cameras, whether he wants it or not. What they wanted when they left the royal family was to be held—they wanted to no longer be held to the standards— applied to senior royals which they found extremely limiting they found that it put her in a very vulnerable position with the press because they felt that they could say anything about her anything they could you know get her her emails to her father and publish them because it was in the public interest this was the reason they wanted to leave because As senior members of the royal family, the British press was there are certain things they're just allowed to get away with that they wouldn't be allowed to get away with if if they weren't covering um, members of the royal family. So I just want to put that to to rest, at least from my perspective. Harry and Meghan never asked for total privacy, never claimed that they were going to be totally private citizens. They've been public from the minute they came together, and they never stopped being public. Uh, You know, entities, even after they um, left England and, you know, left their royal life. So anytime that comes up, I'm like, this is not a a valid criticism. This is just some made up thing that you're like, oh, everyone thought it was so weird that they released. I'm like, why would it be weird for them to release a press release that she was pregnant? Every other member of the family does that. Princess Eugenie's pregnancy was covered in the exact same way. So, or or was it Eugenie? Yeah, Eugenie just had the baby. So, and she's a, you know, she's not as senior as Harry is. So that that sort of criticism just gets on my nerves. It's just total made up bullshit um, about two people who never claimed that they wanted to be private citizens. Go ahead.
0: Right. Uh, I I feel that I understand all that, and I, I I think that you know because of what happened to his mother, he you know he he doesn't really you know he's careful about pre- the press paparazzi and all that uh, and he wants to protect megan i i get all that um and i i understand why they moved to another country because probably they wanted you know the the british press can be brutal yeah they are brutal most of the time and as you said they get away with it and the whole thing with her letters to her father there were that was horrible i mean that's something you know you don't want to happen um to you and be, you know, you let us be out there for everyone to read. That was just too much. I agree. Totally agree. They crossed the line there. But at the same time, I feel like they want to control the press. They want, they they, they want the, because they're, you know, what they want to do is pretty much, they want to do a lot of things that require a lot of press, that require a lot of public uh, presentations and, and, and things like that. So they need the press. And I feel that the way they handle the press, it's, It's a little too controlling they want to have control they want the press when they need the press but they don't want the press when um they don't think it's good for them and and most people most celebrities most you know famous people can't control the press that much Mm. uh I, i i don't think so so maybe they'll you know we'll get to a point where they'll they'll understand or they'll deal with it a little better but uh i don't know
1: i think there's a little more to learn no, go ahead. I'm yeah, waiting no, that's for my. It. Go ahead. I, I again, I don't agree. Uh, I think when you get to the upper levels of fame, when you're talking about your Beyonces out there, yes, they do have co- control over how they are covered. They have taken that level of control over their coverage. I don't feel that Meghan and Harry are um, out of line for exerting that same level of control, uh, and I don't think it's unheard of in the world of celebrity. Yeah, I mean. Again, what you just said is a very common thing. They they want to control their press coverage is is thrown out there as a criticism and I'm always like, uh-huh. And like what is how does that make them different from any celebrities? The fact that they're good at it, the fact that they can control it. Again, they're not as good at it as Beyonce is, and I she's just the first one that comes to mind. There are certain people at the upper upper echelons of fame that can control how their press is covered. Um, And, you know, that's a larger issue about um, the celebrity press and whether or not they're too compliant. I'm not saying that, you know, no one. I'm not saying that Harry and Meghan should not be covered by an antagonistic press on some level. They should be. You know, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of prestige involved in their lives. And I don't mind a critical press. (coughs) Pardon me. But I don't. Feel like they're committing any great crime by trying to control their own press every every celebrity of any standing does the same thing
0: I, I, I'm not But the way I feel is that they take it as if the press was worse for them than anybody else That's my take when they criticize the press uh, As if they was some, they
1: are whiny. I will give you that.
0: Well, that's my point They're whiny about it. It they act like the press is worse for them than anybody else. That's my point and it they It isn't it's just as bad um and you have to deal with that. Uh you know, if you want that level of fame, you have a you know, you have a podcast. Uh you have a show on Netflix. I, mean, I agree. You, you have a podcast. Come on. You wanna be heard. Right. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um that's what I'm saying. They want the attention, but they don't want the wrong kind of attention, according to them. I, and, and who's, it's fine. That's the same as Listen, every celebrity. I, I understand that, but 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 there is, but as a celebrity, you understand that you can't control that. You can't get away with it. And they act like victims sometimes. That's my point.
1: I think Megan has some reason to feel that she has been singled out. There has certainly been a lot of racism in her coverage. uh, And I think it's fine for them to point that out. Uh, I do agree with you. They make the fact of their unfair coverage too central to them. It just comes up too much. And I truly hope that from this point forward, like, say, post-Oprah interview, they drop this side of it, the conversation. Like, stop talking about how mean the press is to right. you. Right.
0: Uh, because yes. I
1: am totally... I, I'm saying this as someone who is totally sympathetic to the two of them and, and has just sat here defending them. I'm the one saying, yeah, I'm starting to get tired of hearing this. That's if I'm tired I mean. of hearing this, then the people who don't like you are ready to tell you to shreds you every time you do yeah, it. You
0: can't criticize... The media, and then post a picture under a tree. You know, well, you can.
1: By a famous photographer, yes, you can. You know,
0: on Valentine's Day to announce your baby. I mean,
1: that's that, silly. Of course, you can. No, you can't criticize the press and utilize the press. No,
0: my well, it, it's complicated. My point is that she has a lot of reasons to criticize the press, uh, and to a certain extent, same to him. Um, but, but, I don't know. I mean, they. I guess to make it short. I, they sound they sound whiny to me. Uh that they're complaining too much about certain things that anybody else famous uh, and on that level of fame, you know, would would understand that it it, it comes with the territory. You yeah. just have to deal with it. Um uh, the whole thing with the letters, I agree. That was horrible. Uh way too private, you know. Uh, I agree with her and them um complaining about it and suing the uh, the, the tabloid right. or whatever. But any press, come on. I mean, you just have to learn how to take it. Um, I don't.
1: I mean, I don't know if they're they're criticizing any press they get. I do. But like I said, I agree with you that they're making the complaints about the press way too central to their image. And um, I, you know, if it were me, if I were advising them, they're not asking for my opinion. But if I were advising them, I would tell them going into the Oprah interview make this an upbeat, triumphant interview, not an interview where the two of you are sitting there complaining the whole time. Mm-hmm. You got what you wanted. You broke free from the family. You you settled your lawsuit. You're having your second baby. You signed a huge deal with Netflix. You've settled into your life in America. If you're going to sit down with Oprah, make it all about that and not about your hurt feelings because even I, who fully defend them, will lose it if they make that a 90 minute wine fest about we'll how unfair the press is. Now, uh, the British press is all like crazy about the Oprah thing because they're all crazy. Every time Megan's name gets mentioned. Um, and whether it's going to be some explosive sort of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll forgive you for this because you're you're British and maybe you don't watch oprah as much as the rest of us in america do but oprah doesn't do explosive that's not what she does she's not going to do some explosive hard-hitting interview no it's boring. she's going to try and get them both to cry
0: yes it's more emotional you know deep. deep
1: but megan's not going to sit there and badmouth Catherine. no of course not and harry's not going to badmouth his fan like that's not going to happen no, people they happen. will never ever do that um like i said the it was announced today that they will not be returning to the royal family However, I still am going to put my little marker here and say, I don't think that's necessarily permanent. When Charles is king, well, that question will be revisited right. because he will be the son of the king and she will be the daughter-in-law of the king. They cannot avoid their senior royal status we'll once Charles becomes king. Um But I've always defended uh, Harry in particular because why would he stick around for all this crap? He's not in line for any of it. He's getting nothing from it. He is um, Princess Margaret or Princess Anne. He is the second one that's not going to get anything. And that family has a history of very unhappy second ones. Um, Or very twisted ones like Andrew who winds up becoming a pedophile. So... Uh, I just read this morning that apparently Princess Anne last year said good for them, that she was all for them breaking away. I didn't realize Interesting. that. I didn't she know that. would be the one, Princess Anne, who probably should have been, you know, next in line for the throne. She's always been a very dutiful daughter and a dutiful princess, but I think she more than anybody understands if you're not in line for the big role, you are peripheral in this family and you have to put up with a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. Margaret did, Anne did, you know. Why would—and Harry and Meghan were right on that track where—I don't blame them at all. They were looking at another 20 years of misery as the press hounded them over everything they did. Um, And he remembers how how, um, miserable his mother was when she hung on to something far longer than she should have. So everything about their decision, I support. I think it makes the utmost sense. Um, I never thought they wanted a life of total— princess diana never wanted a life of total privacy why would her son um but like i said i will be right there with you if if they're sitting there during that oprah interview and whining about how unfair the press is i'm gonna be like all right you know what you've had several years of this you need to let it go yeah we'll see. count your hundred million netflix dollars and let it go (laughs) (coughs) but i don't think there's anything wrong with him posing for a maternity photo or a press release. It's
0: a way to get press. That's my point. Oh, I mean, that's what celebrities
1: do. All right. Well, then you need to learn how
0: to take from every angle possible. Anyway.
1: Agreed. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have the facts of life. (laughs) (laughs) I've had sitcom, bad sitcom theme songs in my head all month because of WandaVision. All right. So I believe we're done. Mm hmm. And we're going to take Miss Mew Mew and put her out in the snowbank for a little while. <laughs>
0: oh, don't say
1: that. Um, of course, we're not going to do that. Uh, anyway, so thank you for listening to our Cartoon Voices once again. We'll be back next week with whatever passes in front of our eyes and in front of our desks or piques our interest. Until then, love you, mean it. bye